0: welcome everyone to dead talk live i'm your host viz from walking dead now want to welcome all of our viewers who are joining us tonight if you're with us for the first time and want more information about our show please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com and if you haven't already done so please visit us on youtube our channel's name is called walking dead now please go ahead and subscribe and if you're there right now Please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button if you enjoy these broadcasts. Like I said, I want to welcome all of our viewers who are with us tonight, as my Instagram feed just crapped out. There we go. Uh, Khaleesi is with us, Singer Chick. Hello to CC Wheezy. Emir is joining us. Aaron White is with us on Facebook. Sylvia Janstab. welcome to all you guys. Uh, Peakstar is with us on Instagram, giving us a thumbs up. Jungle is also with us on Instagram, as is Nico. I hope everyone's enjoying their Thursday evening. There's actually a lot of uh, opinion pieces in the news today in regards to The Walking Dead, which we are going to be getting a lot of in the next, uh, well, shoot, for a while to come. Uh, Fear is starting this Sunday. World Beyond is going to premiere episode two this Sunday as well. And the Walking Dead season is uh, fully underway with Fear and World Beyond. And the Walking Dead finale is behind us. And we're going to be getting new episodes in the beginning of 2021 for the original Walking Dead. But let's go ahead and get started. Like I said, we have a lot of uh, news uh, opinion pieces that have come out. Okay, and this one discusses how the finale... Uh, was really changed because of the pandemic and the lockdown. The version that we saw uh, this past Sunday was not the one that we were going to see, you know, at least not in its entirety, uh, if it was released on time back in April. Uh, And it goes on to say, as it turns out, the finale fans saw was not entirely what The Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang ...and her crew originally had in mind. As Kang revealed to media recently, changes had to be made in order to work within the new restrictions... ...imposed by COVID, including big adjustments to how the episode leads into The Walking Dead Season 11. Uh, Indeed, these adjustments include six bridge episodes that in essence extend Season 10... Kang went on to explain we were deep into writing season 11 and you know we'd been planning a big season opener as we always do with hundreds of zombies extras and people just smashed up against each other's faces. It became really clear that it was not reasonable or feasible, smart or responsible to shoot that way in the midst of everything that was going on. So the studio asked us to pivot to doing some stories that could extend out of season 10 and bridge us between what had been our planned finale and where we want to pick up next season. Kang further explained that because COVID halted plans to produce the show's big, normal, epic, zombie-filled opener, the six bridge episodes will be smaller and more intimate involving fewer actors by necessity then the episodes will be more character oriented and less dependent on action. a challenge in Kang's own word for her part Maggie Ree actress Lauren Cohen spoke positive positively of tackling this challenge indicating that one of the bridge episodes will focus on her character. Cohen said, I was like, okay, this is amazing. These COVID restrictions are creating really scary episodes. It's very, very detailed. I'm on the verge of spoiling something, but yeah, it's so great. After Maggie's return in the Altered Season 10 finale, it seems the new run of stripped-down episodes will immediately pick up her story, which is great news for fans who missed Cohen's presence on the show since she went away in Season 9. Overall, the finale managed to deliver a fair amount of climactic action, including Daryl's big last showdown with Beta, but it did indeed feel slightly less epic than expected apparently due to the pivot Kang and company were forced to do as they embarked on, a, on producing new episodes under various restrictions. It remains to be seen if The Walking Dead will be helped by being forced to go small, but considering the number of cancellations and delays that have happened as a result of COVID, the fact that the show gets to continue at all, is something to be thankful for. So there you guys have it. At least one episode is going to be devoted to Maggie. Uh, More than likely, we're going to get to find out what Maggie's been up to while she's been away from uh, the hilltop. Uh, We don't know if that group that she's running with right now is a part of the Commonwealth or not. They might be or they... It just might be some people that she randomly hooked up with uh, on her journey with Georgie. I'm curious if we're going to see Georgie again. thats I would really love to see Georgie again. Uh, let's see what's going on in the chats. Um, uh, let's see. Khaleesi is saying hello. I'm a white boy says uh, uh, something about Austin. Emilio cannot return to The Walking Dead. I don't see why. Uh, Donald Johnson is saying hello to everyone. Uh, Khaleesi is also saying hello. We have people watching from the Philippines. Welcome, guys. Uh, It's great having you guys with us. Uh, Harold is with us on Instagram. Elaine is with us. Term is with us. Welcome to all our viewers who are joining us on Instagram. Uh, Lana has just joined us. So let's move on to the second thing. Uh, the Walking Dead showrunner, which is Angela Kang, promises Michonne's story is just getting started with comeback on the way in the Rick Grimes movies. The formidable warrior, played by Danae Guerrera, set out to try and find Rick Grimes after finding a message left by him and convincing herself correctly that he was still alive. With Judas's with Judith's blessing, she set off alone, leaving the door open for a potential return. While there are no plans for Michonne to rejoin the main series, Chief Content Officer Scott Gimple has lifted the lids on the character's role in the upcoming Rick Grimes movies. The films have been hit with heavy delays heavy delays due to the ongoing global pandemic virus but Gimple said the extra time had come with benefits we're following the same general plan but movies take a little longer and we're playing it with and we're playing with it in all sorts of directions and then the pandemic happened which gave us the opportunity or the necessity to do that, he explained. We are still doing that. Andrew Lincoln is super involved. Robert Kirkman is also super involved. It really is proceeding, he continued. It's just that the current circumstances have given us a little extra time that we seem to need anyways. We we really want to do it right. He also seemed to suggest that Michonne's role in the films was substantial and could pave the way for a larger story arc for her. We've been working on the script and playing around with different aspects of it, but it's still fairly early in there. Uh, You'll be seeing Michonne. Yeah, he went on. So there you have it. Michonne is definitely going to be in the movies. Um, Which one? I don't know. There's going to be three of them. We're going to be telling stories with Michonne again the, the end of her on the series was in many ways the start of her story so that's fascinating and I'm really glad that he came out and confirmed that we are going to be seeing Michonne again in the movies uh, there's three of them uh, at least three are planned one is definitely going to be made uh, hope to make all three they should make all three Whether we're going to see Denai again in the first movie or in the second or third, I have no idea. For me, it makes much more sense to see her in, like, the third movie. Uh, It's a trilogy. They are probably going to be wrapping up Rick's story by the end of the third movie that's going to come out. And I think that would be the perfect uh, time for Michonne to meet up with Rick again. That's just, you know, a theory. That's all it is. Late Mike is joining us on YouTube. Uh, Lindsay says, love the new background. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Uh, All the thanks uh, goes to Andrew, our creative director, who put this background together. He did an amazing job. Uh, I'm a white boy says, I heard a while back she'll come in the second movie. Well, let's see. Um, Corey Adams wants to know where the movies are going to be filmed they are going to be filmed in the UK they are not going to be filmed in the United States Uh, so the Rick Grimes movies are going to be filmed over in England Uh, so that's great it works out for him pretty well because that's where he lives and uh, a lot of movies are shot in the UK it's a big spot so no big surprise there uh, Lindsay goes on to say that that's very good news about Michonne. Uh, Beverly is with us on Facebook. Uh, Connie is with us on Instagram. Says, love the show. I'm a super fan. Thank you for joining us, Connie. Rebecca's just joined us on Instagram. PK is saying hello to us on Instagram. Welcome, guys. TBN says, let's hear it for Glenn. We're going to be seeing Glenn again. I'm pretty confident we're going to be getting a flashback episode with Glenn. Uh, Connie says, I don't want it to end. It's expanding. It's not ending, it's expanding. And besides, the last episode of The Walking Dead is still a good two years away. So the next thing that we have is The Walking Dead newest villain makes season 11 the perfect place to end as fans suspected season 10 finale of the walking dead brought the society known as the commonwealth into play with the final shot of the season having its armored soldiers ambushing and holding eugene ezekiel princess and yumiko at gunpoint while they while they traveled to charleston that's in west virginia Die Hard saw this movie coming, saw this move coming for some time now, especially after it was announced the next season would be the last. And given what the Commonwealth embodies, as much as folks would love the show to carry on, their arrival makes the highly anticipated season 11 the perfect place to end the series. It's difficult to take the story past the Commonwealth as this society is the franchise's utopia, as seen in the comics, but but with a sinister twist. There, when Rick and company formed a larger alliance, readers saw the Commonwealth having order and structure. There was a military, people had jobs and resources were flowing, creating the first real civilization, that resembled anything before the zombie apocalypse. Pamela Milton was the mayor, and like any politician, she governed to ensure their villainous and judgmental system kept ticking, which meant there was classism. But at the end of the day, people lived without having to worry about walkers attacking them. To put it simply, the franchise boiled back down to its basic instinct. This means the show can focus on mankind again because, let's face it, there's nothing more to be done with zombies. The undead have run their course and rather than mixing their threat with villains like Negan, the Governor, or Alpha's Whisperers the show can get back to the real monster plaguing these dire times, and that is people. So, once the joint communities link up with the Commonwealth in the show, it will be a filtering process to see who's truly ready to shape the future and which of the protagonists might actually be wrong for this mission. When Rick died, both societies moved forward in the books and carved out their respective visions of peace. So there is an opportunity to do that in the show once these personalities uh, can all work together with the Commonwealth. Now, it doesn't have to be a happy ending, especially since the original comic planned to have Rick uh, Koo Sorry, to have Rick's coup at Alexandria being overrun and killed off, proving the undead always wins and mankind will always be its worst enemy. It's possible this idea finds its way into the show, but with all these groups coming together to decide if they want to be stronger together and succeed or... Let egos and narcissism get in the way. After all, the virus will rage on forever. But there is now an ideal shot at paradise or at least something close to it. Do you guys agree with that? You guys disagree with that? Uh, we all, I've, I've said many times before how the Commonwealth is run, it is classism. Depending on what you were doing before the apocalypse uh, determines your place in the commonwealth. If you were a respected politician, doctor, whatever, before the world fell apart, you're going to be in a respected class in the commonwealth. If you were not, then you're not going to be in the commonwealth. And that's what leads to an uprising, a civil war within the commonwealth. Let's see how closely they follow the comic books. As we know from the past, The Walking Dead does stray. There's no reason to believe they're going to stop doing that now. It would be kind of boring if they followed the comic books, you know, to the letter. Everybody would know what's about to happen. So they are going to stray. There are going to be differences. Let's see how they decide to play this out on the TV show as opposed to how we know how it was played out in the comic books. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Corey Adams says, Who do we think Maggie's protege is? Uh, Well, if you're talking about that ninja person, I would not call him Maggie's protege. Maggie's traveling companion, sure. But he is not Maggie's protege. Maggie doesn't have anywhere near those kind of skills. Uh, Sylvia writes I got to show The Walking Dead last night because I missed 30 minutes of it on Sunday. It was awesome. It was awesome. I totally agree with you, Sylvia. Corey Adams uh, let's see, Aaron White says I wonder if when Michonne finds Rick, what would she be willing to do to save Rick from the Commonwealth? We don't know if the Commonwealth is going to be involved with Rick. Actually, I'm I'm going to lean more that it's not. Rick's issue is going to be with the CRM. Uh, There's no indication that Rick is even going to come across the Commonwealth. Uh, Could they change that? Absolutely. But we'll see. We'll see. Andrew Valentine has joined us on Instagram. Welcome, Andrew. Uh... Connie writes, would love to see the kids continue on the show. Well, we do. We are getting a lot of spinoffs, and there's still a lot more episodes to be seen. We can't make any, you know, any kind of uh, educated get any kind of educated opinion on what's going to happen after the show. We have a whole story arc left. We have 30 episodes left of The Walking Dead. It is way too early. To start coming up with the, you know uh, theories, ideas on how the Daryl and Carol spin-off. Which direction that's going to go. It's way too early. We just got to wait and find out. Emir has a random question. Do you follow or do you play the Walking Dead game? No. No. We did a whole episode a while back about the Walking Dead games. Um... Ismail was my special co-host on that to help me talk about it since I have not played The Walking Dead games, but we did do a whole episode on that. So let's see they did a, this is a good this is a good one. how Seth uh, J, sorry how Seth Gilliam feels about fans always waiting for Father Gabriel to die. Uh, Seth plays Father Gabriel though his loyalty was a little shifty, Uh, During his early days uh, as team family's most faithful member, Seth, Father Gabriel, went on to become as empowered and resilient a leader as anyone else. Despite that development evolution, however, Gabriel still manages to find himself in dangerous situations that immediately cause fans to believe that he's getting killed off. And I was one of them. I'm guilty for that. I didn't think he was going to make it out of the finale, but he did. The same, way, the same, the same went for the long-delayed uh, finale called A Certain Doom, whose trailers tease Gabriel being outnumbered by a group of Whisperers. Thankfully, Maggie and her masked friend arrived without a second to spare and put down the whisperer threat without any permanent harm coming to Father Gabriel. But that just means fans are going to be that much more paranoid that he's going to bite the big one in one of the remaining six episodes of Season 10 that will debut in 2021. We don't even know if he's going to be in any of those episodes. Um, When uh, they spoke to Seth ahead of uh, him... Uh, Revealing episode 1016 being aired. I asked how he felt about fans constantly assuming that Gabriel's death is imminent. And and Seth replied with, In this case, I'm going to try not to give the people what they want. I'm going to hang around this baby by my mere nail. By my bare nails. Fans aren't uh, entirely alone in worrying about Gabriel's fate either, as Seth feels that paranoia quite acutely. When asked if there are times where he's nervous about Gabriel's death coming, the actor said that's definitely the case. Despite showrunner Angela Kang and Scott Gimple almost always reaching out to stars ahead of time to break the news, there's still that innate anxiety in his words. Oh, yes, yes. Reading the scripts are always very tense because, you know, you'll have a conversation with Angela or Scott, whichever the case may be, about when your demise is coming. But they don't really tell you when. They'll be like, this is going to be the final season for so-and-so. And And I guess the call comes to each actor individually. And they hold on to it themselves. But I read the scripts thinking, well, is this what she meant by things can change? Are things changing? Am I reading that change right now? So there's always a good deal of tension when reading the script. That's what makes it exciting because I feel like I'm reading them the way the audience is watching. Is this the moment? Because if he's put in so many precarious positions and he's shown any kind of weakness or hesitancy then the audience is aware of that they're aware it could pop up again at the most inopportune moment for you they've put that kind of uh, moment they've built in it it seems for me with most of the characters on the show so there's always the element of this could be their final moment From a math perspective, there are only 30 episodes left for The Walking Dead to kill off Father Gabriel, considering he's lived through around 90 episodes of the series so far, making it through another couple dozen installments hopefully won't be an impossibility. But if it is, I hope it happens in a way that absolutely no one could have seen coming, Spontaneous combustion, perhaps. (laughs) I, you know... I had Gabriel as a goner... For this finale. You guys who watch this, you know that. That's no secret. I gave him very little chance... Of making it out of this finale. My prediction was that he was going to go out a hero. And it was playing out... Exactly as I had predicted. When he gave that message to Judith, and uh, he stayed behind to hold off the Whisperers from cutting that rope that the uh, remaining survivors were using to get out of the hospital, and the Whisperers came in. They had him down. He was a goner, and I'm like, all right, this is how we're going to lose Gabriel, and I did not see uh, coming what happened. I did not see Maggie showing up with her masked friend. And taking out the whispers and saving Gabriel. I'm happy. I'm happy Gabriel is still on the show. I didn't want him to go. I love how his character has progressed in six seasons on The Walking Dead. And I'm glad that there is still more to tell in his storyline. And, you know, hopefully we get to see it. I'm also hoping that them not killing him off in the finale does not mean that they whack him in the premiere because we have seen that before as well so you know them having him survive the finale I hope it means that we get to see him for more than just one more episode whenever that episode gets released Lindsay on Facebook writes I like Father Gabriel very much I didn't like him at first, but now he is a fantastic character. I absolutely agree. Janstep writes, I think Father G will not get his comic death because Beta is gone now. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Connie writes, would like to see Glenn and Abraham brought back in the end. As a flashback, uh, there's no other way they're coming back. Uh, let's see, Anton writes, not, not that I wanted Gabriel to die, but I just love seeing the big comic moments come to life on the screen, so I felt it was a big opportunity missed. And for those that don't know, the way Gabriel dies in the comic books is coming down from the tower, he sort of trips and is hanging upside down on this ladder and the walkers come and devour him it's a very gruesome death he's hanging upside down uh from like these ladder from this ladder leading out of the tower helpless to defend himself surrounded by walkers that's how Gabriel dies uh he's not killed by Beta he is killed by walkers uh, so I know what you're talking about, about not seeing that play out. We may see something similar. There is still 30 episodes left. Either be it with Gabriel just dying that way, just a little bit, just not yet. Or we might see a similar death uh, for another character, which the show has done before. But that would be a cool, a cool death uh, to see as a fan. You know, uh, a character hanging defenseless, upside down on a ladder, dangling by their, you know, legs, uh, unable to defend themselves, surrounded by walkers, and eaten to pieces. So, as a horror fan, I would love to see that. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Steningo is with us on Instagram, writes, And you didn't... Uh I did say King Ezekiel would die too. I was wrong on that. I was right about beta. There were some people that said that beta was gonna go on. Andrew writes there could uh there could be a curveball, Gabriel could have a different death. Absolutely. Just like, like I said guys, just because he made it this finale, the you know the walking dead, they could they could take him out in the next episode. You know, there are no rules. CC Wheezy on YouTube writes, yes, eventually wants to get to the Commonwealth, but I'm saying now there's no true antagonist, so the Walkers will become more of a threat again. It's interesting to see what they're going to do with the Commonwealth. Obviously, it's a community of 50,000. Uh, not everybody's going to be a happy, easy-to-get-along-with person they are going to be people that are going to rub the survivors from Alexandria, Hilltop, Ocean. So They're going to rub them the wrong way. There's going to be conflict. Uh, as far as an antagonist, like the governor, Negan, Alpha, Beta, and so on, we're not going to see that single antagonist leading a group of people to doing bad things. It's going to be more... You know, this character has a beef with this character. And that's what I think is going to happen. So moving on, why Carol let Beatrice die in the finale? We have not really talked about Beatrice from Oceanside and the extremely graphic and horrific death that was given to uh, Brianna, the actress who plays her. In the long-delayed Walking Dead season 10 finale, Carol chooses not to save Beatrice. I don't see like she had much of a choice. From the zombie horde, which in turn got Beatrice killed. A minor supporting character, Beatrice has been on the show since season 7, when we met her when Tara met Oceanside. She made her first appearance in the episode Swear, which is the episode with Tara at Oceanside. One of the people Tara, played by Alana Masterson, encountered while at Oceanside was Beatrice, a woman who was fiercely loyal to the Oceanside's leader, Natania. Later on, Beatrice was among the Oceanside residents who joined the other settlements in the fight against the saviors, ultimately winning the battle. And if you want to call Oceanside joining the fight, them just throwing Molotov cocktails at at saviors fleeing Alexandria, be my guest. But from what they showed us on the screen, that was the extent of Oceanside's contribution to the Savior War. They threw Molotov cocktails and set a couple of saviors on fire. Um, And so Beatrice made reoccurring appearances in The Walking Dead season 7, 8, and 9. She returned in The Walking Dead season 10, episode 16, which was meant to be the season finale until the season was extended by six episodes. I really don't see these six episodes as a part of season 10. They're just six extra episodes that we are getting that are sandwiched between season 10 and season 11. Uh, The Walking Dead season uh, finale featured the conclusion of the War of the Whisperers. When they were up against a horde of, of zombies, Carol, Beatrice, Luke, and a few others had to wade through the walkers by blending in. This plan was then complicated by the Whisperers, who had already infiltrated the Horde, to kill the survivors. Carol was with Beatrice when the latter was attacked by a Whisperer. Carol killed her attacker, but made no effort to save her. They're leaving stuff out. Beatrice was surrounded. Beatrice called out Carol's name, but she was brought down and devoured by zombies. Do you guys, who here thinks Carol could have saved her but chose not to? I don't see it that way. I've watched the finale. Uh, Carol took out the Whisperer that was trying to take out Beatrice. And Beatrice got got surrounded. Uh, The Whisperer that was on the ground... Uh, stabbed her in the back of the leg and she screamed and well she screamed in the middle of a zombie horde you know i mean she screamed understandably so she just got stabbed in the leg carol knew this she was surrounded by walkers carol's uh she didn't give herself away she wasn't the one that was stabbed she had no way of saving beatrice So, I don't know what they're trying to say. But, anyway, they go on to say, but walking on, Carol seemed emotionally conflicted, but still allowed Beatrice to die. That is such bullshit. Likely because she knew there was nothing she could do. Oh, there you go. And the mission was all that mattered. Carol's actions can be explained by the situation, The two had found themselves in, past episodes have revealed that if someone doesn't move in step with the horde, the zombies will detect them. Carol knew if she had attacked the zombies, she would have been killed. And even if she had tried to save Beatrice, there was little she can do. Duh. Beatrice had already been stabbed and the zombies descended on her too quick for anything to have been done. The most Carol could have done was put her out of her misery, but that too would have been a major risk. Beatrice's death was unfortunate, but not something that Carol could have prevented. And given her experience, this is something Carol knew right away. Making tough, morally dubious decisions, all for the good of the group, has been a big part of Carol's life for the past several seasons, with the big exception being the majority of this season. Lately, though, Carol's decision-making skills have been questionable. It's possible that Carol's deepening bond with Lydia and friendship with Daryl will put her on a new path on The Walking Dead Season 11. I hope so, even though I've read that Uh, Carol and Daryl's relationship becomes even more strained in season 11. I hope that's not the case. And she gets back to her good senses. You know? And I think I mentioned it yesterday. Lydia is taking a big risk uh, choosing Carol as a big friend because we all know Carol's luck when it comes to uh, people she really becomes close to. Especially... Uh, kids. And, you know, Lydia's a teenager and, I don't know, that kind of freaks me out. Makes me a little nervous for Lydia. So, we just have to wait and see. Cat has joined us on YouTube. Uh, let's see. Cat says, nothing Carol could have done. Beatrice wanted Carol to grab the backpack, but she couldn't do that either. That's when Lydia came in and grabbed the backpack. Uh, singer chick writes: screaming out loud gets you dead in a horde of zombies it does but when you get stabbed in the leg or anywhere else you're going to scream you know unless you are really disciplined you are going to scream standing goal writes: she had no choice but to walk away clown is saying hello Zachary Thomas John is with us on Instagram Steningo says, I saw it today. It was awesome. People in whispers getting ripped apart. Exactly. And that was my whole motivation for putting together the panel that I had on here on Monday with Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, and Anthony Tempone. Just the gore factor that was in this finale was really brought me back to the uh, George Romero days and the Dead movies, especially Dawn of the Dead. And uh, Getting those three guys to join me on the screen here was just absolutely fantastic It was just it was a dream. So let's get on with today's topic. We're doing a character profile We're gonna be doing some more character profiles on Season two of dead talk live and we are starting with Abraham Ford Um, If you guys want to chime in, please feel free to do so Uh, Abraham of course played by uh, our former guest Michael Cudlitz, and uh, his character existed in both the comic books and the TV show. Through a series of flashbacks in season five, we get to uh, we do get to see enough of Abraham's backstory to get a vague picture of his tragic past. It appears that early on in the apocalypse, Abraham with his wife and two children had taken refuge at a grocery store. Though it is unclear if they stayed with a group who became hostile, or a hostile group found them. If you guys all remember in those flashbacks, Abraham had killed some men. While it was only suggested that uh, the men he had killed in the grocery store had raped his wife and terrorized his children those who have read the comics are given a more graphic picture of this and how it unfolded after seeing abraham do what he needed to do to protect his family his actions do do frighten his wife and children who ultimately leave him a heartbroken abraham is further devastated when he finds the remains of his wife and children who were savaged and eaten by walkers. If you all remember the scene, Abraham was about to end his life. He put a gun in his mouth, but he stops when he sees Eugene for the first time, running away from the walkers, begging for someone to save him. As a former soldier, Abraham felt obligated to help someone in need, And that's exactly what he does. Uh, He goes up, saves Eugene, takes out the walkers, is about to turn around and leave Eugene alone. And that's when Eugene lays on his big lie to Abraham. And uh, it was a big-ass lie. But in the end, it actually gave Abraham a purpose again. It gave him a purpose to continue living and, and not kill himself. Um, at some point on their journey to Washington, Abraham, Eugene, Rosita, uh, who is involved with Abraham at the time. Then, of course, the group expands when they meet Glenn and Tara, which ultimately leads to Maggie, Sasha, and the rest of the survivors, including Rick. Now, although Abraham and Rosita are seen as a couple, it's clear early on that Abraham is still too emotionally wounded from his past circumstances that his focus remains first and foremost with the big, bigger picture which is saving the human race. He is a soldier and there is a war where the enemies are the enemy is the walkers, so there's no time for emotional baggage such as a relationship. Abraham and Rosita are likely to have paired out out of sheer convenience. And in the only real... unabraham like move... When he dumps Rosita... He tells her... Uh, I thought you were the last woman on Earth. So... That was cold. She did not deserve that. She did not deserve to be treated... The way he treated her. And it's the only moment... In The Walking Dead with Abraham, where he just really went against uh, what we had come to expect from Abraham. Uh, He was a complete jerk to Rosita. Um, Anyway, moving on. Abraham's views on priorities clash with Glenn because the most important mission for Glenn was finding Maggie. And Abraham is the type of person who is set in the ways and he isn't afraid to afraid to speak his mind whether it's telling you to your face that he's pissed at you or if he wants sex he uh, also shared that just like when he tells Glenn I need some ass referring to Rosita this, uh, this was at the bookstore, if you guys remember that scene. It's where Eugene is the, uh, we find out Eugene is a peeping Tom and gets caught by Tara. And even Abraham and Rosita see him looking at them. That's the real creepy thing about Eugene. He is a peeping Tom. Uh, but Abraham and Rosita, I mean, it was funny. They see him looking at them. And they just carry on. I mean, they don't really care. Uh, Tara is the one that was probably the most bothered by it out of all of them. Uh, Abraham doesn't care what comes out of his mouth. He just says whatever is on his mind at the moment. Um, We all know that Abraham does have a temper. And it almost almost kills Eugene when they all find out that he was full of crap about being a scientist who was on a mission to release the cure to the world. Having lost all sense of purpose in his life when he lost his family and saw that the world was dying all around him, Eugene's story was what gave him a new direction so when this was taken away from him, it was as if someone turned the off switch back on in Abraham, he was down. Uh, you guys remember that famous scene, he fell to his knees uh, in the middle of the road. His purpose for living had been taken away again. There is no mission, there is no cure. He is not helping to save the human race. So to say that was a gut punch for him is an understatement. He becomes withdrawn after going through Terminus together. They end up at Alexandria where he becomes the head of the construction crew and he starts to feel alive again. Um, Abraham and Eugene begin to make amends and Abraham also forges new friendships with the people in Alexandria with Rick, Glenn, and ultimately, of course, Sasha. Um, I am Flipper is with us on Instagram, hello, Andrew Valentine on uh, Instagram writes that were always aware Eugene was a, a peeping Tom. Remember when uh, Laura, who called him haircut, Lindsley Register, who was also a guest of ours, uh, turned to him and uh, says, do you like to wash? And his answer is yes, and there's like no. He is a peeping Tom. There's no way around it. He's a peeping Tom. Yeah, for being a very smart guy, he is uh, not the brightest bulb when it comes to the opposite sex. I guess is the nicest way to put it. Um, Anyway, uh, Abraham also starts to feel differently about relationships and seems to consider settling down and forming a family of his own again when he sees the ultrasound pictures of Maggie and Glenn's unborn child, even though he did question their decision at getting pregnant with the world being the way it is. That was the uh, famous quote, one of my favorite Abraham lines about uh, the Bisquick. Uh, That has to be one of my favorite Abraham lines, you know, about, you know, when he's talking to Glenn and telling him about pouring the Bisquick. (laughs) That cracks me up. Uh, Let's see. Uh, A. Kyle is with us on Facebook. CC Weezy writes, I love the character of Abraham. He was tough and did not give a damn. Yep. Khaleesi also writes on YouTube. Yes, my favorite line as well. Zola on YouTube writes, Abraham is a very good guy, funny, and loves Sasha. And when I had Michael Cudlitz on the show, the first question I asked him, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Uh, when Negan picked you to be the first one to, to go, you're the one that he picked to make a lesson out of. You know, you had... Rosita on one side played by Christian Serratos and you had Sasha played by uh, Sonequa, two amazingly beautiful women that were fighting over you and I made a joke to him. I'm like, man, I don't know about how many different men would give their left nut uh, and, you know, get the bat over their heads knowing that they've been with these two beautiful women And they're both fighting over him. So he laughed at that. He thought that was funny. Um, Stonewalkers just joined us on YouTube. Uh, Lindsey Sparks writes, Abraham has the best lines. Bar none, he does. Uh, Kyle says, "How, How do you green screen like this on Instagram? Well, it's simple. I am not broadcasting this from my mobile device i'm broadcasting this from a pc uh instagram only allows live streams uh officially through your mobile device but there is a third-party app that works with instagram and i'm broadcasting this on instagram youtube facebook and twitter simultaneously and that is how i'm able to have a green screen anyway moving on uh, during their time in Alexandria, Abraham first lived with Rosita, who started to give him the impression that she wanted to take their relationship to another level when uh, she gives him a necklace she made for him. This gesture causes Abraham to reevaluate what they had, and since there is no hope to live a normal life where he doesn't have to settle. For a convenient relationship he starts to think of the possibility of a relationship with other women not long after that he makes the decision to leave rosita to pursue sasha it's clear that abraham misses the life he once had before the apocalypse if y'all remember he finds that uniform and it brings him some pride and no doubt memories of when he did wear that uniform Unfortunately, his character arc does come to an end, just as it was at the beginning of what might have been a brand new chapter with Sasha. Uh, In the TV series, we all know that he is killed by Lucille at the hands of Negan. And even in his last moments, Abraham's fierce loyalty and admirable bravery in the face of death is unwavering. He does not beg for his life. In fact, it's something we never see him do because that's just not who he is. And in even a final act of defiance to Negan, he tells Negan to go suck his nuts. Uh, Zola on YouTube writes, Abraham had wife, two kids, and they escaped. Uh, Oh, you're explaining to Stone what happened to Abraham beforehand. So... After his death, Rosita and Sasha both mourned for him and it's clear they both loved him regardless of how things could have turned out uh, had he lived and became more deeply involved with Sasha. Obviously, there was a little bit of animosity between the two women, but they did bond through their journey of vengeance and Sasha sacrifices herself, gets caught by the Saviors, in order to save rosita because she wanted rosita to live sasha did end up with the necklace that rosita gave abraham and by the way when jesus gives it to her after abraham's death and no one knew who made it until rosita saw sasha wearing it and that must have been a blow to, to rosita uh, seeing sasha wear the necklace that Rosita made specially for Abraham. In the comics, Sasha isn't a character, though there is a close counterpart named Holly who Abraham meets in Alexandria, and they do hook up. Just like the TV series, Abraham breaks up with Rosita, and he chooses Holly in the comic books. It is also interesting to note that his death actually more closely resembles the death of Denise. In the comics, Abraham is killed when he is shot through the back of the head with a crossbow, uh, which was fired by Dwight. And that is the exact same way uh, Denise is killed on the show. Which brings us back to the earlier in this episode, when I said that The Walking Dead... You know, likes to mix things up very well uh, as well. They do it quite nicely by giving, you know, by holding on to those classic comic book deaths and the way they switch it up and around is giving that death to another character. Another example is Ezekiel and the uh, Kingdom Massacre Fair uh, where Alpha takes out so many people Ezekiel's head in the comic books is one of those heads on the pike. And they flipped it around there as well. Uh, Anyway, Dwight was resented by many members of the survivors even after his allegiance to Rick. And he did try to explain that he killed Abraham to keep Sherry safe because if he didn't do it, Negan was set to set and ready to punish Sherry so there you guys have it in a nutshell there's a lot more to Abraham but from the time we met him to when we tragically lost him in the premiere of season 7 Abraham was an amazing character it we all felt his loss and we still feel it today and then of course Glenn as well There were two loved characters, probably... That's why uh, season 7 premiere was such a huge blow to so many people. Uh, That's why quite a few fans stopped watching the show after that season 7 premiere. Not just that we lost two characters, but we lost two huge characters in one episode at the hands of one man. One man, and uh, that's Negan. And just to give you a further example of just how unexpected the post apocalyptic world is, that man Negan now is on the verge of, you know, gaining some real trust with the people that were around and met him. When he killed Abraham and, uh, Abraham and Glenn. And it just can show you that... If Negan can find redemption... Uh, it's possible. It is possible. You just gotta want it. And Negan wanted to be killed. You know, it took Negan being locked up for six years... For him to start to come around. When Rick slid his throat open, captured him... Told him he was going to spend the rest of his life behind bars. He wanted to die. Uh, He was putting up. He was still putting up that same cocky attitude because he wanted them to kill him. You, you did not want to live in a cell, but six years in a cell uh, changed him. Let's see what's going on in the chats. Kyle says, uh, "What do you?" uh, you can, you can message me later on, Kyle, about the, uh, the green screen. Andrew writes on the comic book, it isn't supposed. To, um, he wasn't supposed to live that long. Uh, Julia says, I really cried when Grant, Glenn got killed. Julia, you're not alone. A lot of people did uh, for both Glenn and Abraham. Tariq has given us a thumbs up on Instagram. Julia also writes even if I don't like him, my favorite line was what Negan said. Something like if shit if shit could have ever shitted, it would not it wouldn't look this bad. <laughs> I don't remember that line. Uh but he's had Negan also had Negan would probably be when Negan was a prick in season seven and eight, I would put Negan Uh, his one-liners second to abraham's abraham will always be number one but i would put negan's you know cocky one-liners i would put them at a number two to abraham anyway guys we are out of time for tonight thank you so much for watching uh i hope you enjoyed our little character profile of abraham I hope you enjoyed the the opening part with uh, the news and the articles that were released in the past 24 hours if you want more information about our show please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com see all of our upcoming guests we have two guests coming up next week go to our website to check them out uh head on over to our youtube channel which is called walking dead now and please subscribe Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow. Stay safe, and until tomorrow, guys, stay walking.